Tom from You Know I Got Soul. Good to meet you. Honor, man. I've been hanging out with you guys for like the last hour, just getting like, just getting fed, just on some good R&B food. Awesome, man. Appreciate that. Shout out to Tank, man. That's one of my favorites right there. Uh, yeah, he's a beast. Yes, yes, absolutely. Hey, man, thank you for making the time for this interview, man. We love to talk to you about your, your history, you know, with intro and all you guys accomplished through the years and uh, kind of bring people up to speed on, on, on anything you got going on now. So, you know, it's going to be good. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Just, yeah, um, so, yeah, let's let's just start out. Let's talk a bit about, you know, everyone knows, obviously, as part of intro, you released a couple, you know, albums in the 90s. But give us up to, take us up to speed on what you've been up to lately. I know you've been doing uh, some performances and stuff. Um. Post intro, well, shout out to um, rest in peace, Kenny Green. Shout out to Jeff Sanders, Eddie F, the whole Untouchables family. Um, right. Po- post intro, you know, we we still went on the road. We've been doing um, a lot of the ninety circuit stuff. We just um, mm. did the whole tour arena with H Town and Cut Close and so, you know, Cut Close, Horace Brown, who else is out there? Mr. Cheeks. Um. Uh, Adina Howard, like the whole 90s circuit, oh. you know, it, it was a long time. It was it was a, a whole break where we weren't even going out. Yeah. Like the whole, like the, like during the late, I want to say the early 2000s. We were right. just home, just chilling. We were just home chilling, working on music, new music. Yeah. I did um, a gospel album for this um, a lady named Phyllis Stevens, who has a very successful son in the music business, who goes by the name of John Legend. Um, mm. I produced her gospel album. Nice. Um, I've just been in the studio building up my catalog, and um, then the phone started ringing for us to come out and do shows. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk a bit about the history. I mean, you know, obviously, rest in peace, Kenny Green. You know, that was a huge loss to the industry. Um, how did you guys even, you know, carry on without him? Was there a, a time when you thought maybe we can't do this without him? Um, we just, I just, I just shut it down. I just shut down. I just like yeah. that. Rest in peace, Kenny. That you know, you know that it was a, it was a fun time. It was a great time of my life. I had it. It was. I looked at it as it was just a, a era in my life, you know. And um, that was pretty much it. I knew as far as far as performing, I was like, that's that's it. I didn't really want to do it anymore. I didn't want to do it without him. Right. But as far as being a songwriter and producer, like, I was a songwriter and producer before intro. So I knew I was going to be a songwriting producer after it. Right. But it was definitely a big blow to my heart because a lot of my creative um, ideas and juices, I was feeding off of Kenny. There's a lot of stuff that, that we would write together and stuff that wouldn't get put on certain albums and stuff that I was able to go back to and 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 go to. So when when, when Kenny passed, it's like a part of my creativity I felt like had had left with him out of respect. There's a lot of songs that me and him wrote together that I that I would never like do with anybody else. I would never yeah. write with anybody else out of respect to him. Right, yeah. right. And, I, and I'm and I'm careful of that. Wow. <laughs> Share with he me was though. A good dude, man. He was a yeah. really really good dude. Besides being the most one of the most prolific songwriters of our generation. Mm-hmm. And stuff. He's really a good dude, man. He's like he's like a really like my little brother. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, share with me this. I mean, everyone knows you know Kenny Green and and, and the vocals, but share us you know what was kind of your role in the group. Like, what was your what were you inputting into the group and then the creation of the music? Um, 
my input to the group, the whole the whole chemistry of intro was I was the producer, Kenny mm. was the songwriter, and Jeff was the choreographer. Okay. So prior prior to intro, like when I when I first met Kenny, um when we sat down for the first time, I sat down at the piano and I was like, Okay, we're gonna I'm, I'm gonna just play some chords or I'll do something like Yeah. <laughs> Right off the bat, he just started yeah, yeah. with lyrics, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> anytime I play some chords, it could be whatever. That's he had dope. An answer for it. He had yeah. an answer for it. And then when we ran to Eddie F, Eddie F had the beats for it. He had the hip hop beats for it and stuff like that. And that that was my role to the group. I would come with the gospel chords, you know. Yeah, I think that's what I add, added to the group. And over time, like prior prior to being an intro, I wanted to be a producer. And then yeah. I got the idea that I could possibly be a rapper because I was in a rap group with J. Rue the Damager. Oh, okay, wow. <laughs> so, but as far as being an RB artist, that was beyond my wildest dreams. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, I taught Kenny piano, Kenny taught me how to sing. Nice, man. That's cool. That's cool. Well, you mentioned uh, Eddie F. Share with us a story of how you originally, you know, signed with him and his Untouchables label. Okay. Well, um, we met Heavy D at a club called The Red Zone. We was driving out to The Red Zone, and we were singing a song that Jodeci had did with uh, Heavy D called Peaceful Journey. You're on my mind, and I wish you peaceful journey. Mm -hmm. Brother, hope you hear me. When we got to the club, we saw Heavy D. We was like, oh, shoot. We was just singing his song. Let's let him know. Let's let him hear us sing his song. Maybe he'll yeah. take a tour with him. So we pulled him to the side. It was like, yo, man, we was just singing your song. He's like, let me hear it. And we sung it to him, and he asked us for our number. We wrote down the number, gave it to him. And I'm very observant, right? So I, I watched how he took the number. I wanted to see what he was going to do with it. I wanted to see if he was going to fold it up and put it in his wallet. <laughs> he brought it up and put it into the bottom of his pocket. And I was like, man, he ain't going to never call us. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> what he did with the number. He's never going to call us. Yeah. But now in hindsight, he balled it up and stuffed it in his pocket because he didn't want to lose it. Mm -hmm. he, called, he called us like a week later and told us to come up to New York because he wanted us to meet Eddie F because Eddie right. F started a production company called Untouchables. And that's how we linked with um, Eddie F. Dope, man. That's a cool story. <laughs> mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Let's talk about the debut album a bit. You know, many R&B lovers consider that a classic album. So do I. I was just listening to it today before this interview, man. Love that album. What do you remember most about creating that album? Um, I, What I remember the most about creating that album, a lot of the album we recorded in Mount Vernon, New York. Mm. Um, Money Earning Mount Vernon, they call it. Yep, yep. And we, we, we were within a tight team. Um, Eddie F., Navelle Hodge, Dave Hall, Jannard Parker, Darren Winnington and Kenny Smooth. They had it was a team called Untouchables. Right. And um prior to that they were doing remixes. They had um they did a remix for um Jeff Red. And um our first pretty much like our first week in the studio, Eddie sent us into another studio to work with Jeff Red. Then he calls us over to his house. I walk into his house, I see this girl sitting on the couch. Just chilling. I'm talking to her. Hey, how you doing? All right. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here to work in the studio. Blah blah blah. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> That's Mary J. Blige. 
<laughs> the next day, another dude walks in, it's Father MC. Next dude pops in, Heavy D. Oh, what's up? Who's that? Oh, his name is Puffy. That's Puff Daddy. <laughs> it was like like our whole our whole environment was just the the meat of the nineties, like all of that that bad boy, right? swag. It was like right in our face, like in the same house. It was called the playground out in Alpine, New Jersey, with um Eddie F's house. He had a a studio called the Mini Mansion, and um we went there. He put on hip hop beats, and we just let me be, let me be. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. That's it. The next yeah. day. Boom, 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 no doubt about it. We yeah. got a good thing going on. Then, then to the next day, then we we ran into um in the middle of doing those songs, popped off the Mary J. Blige songs, Reminisce, My Love, Love No Limit. Then the Shinehead, If You Try My Love, and um as we were recording each song, I would get back in the car and drive home. They might give it to us on CD, so we just listen to the premix and stuff. And I was like, I think we got something. Yeah. This sounds different than what we're listening to on the radio right now. Right. You no, know, it would always be the three of us in the car, me, Kenny, and Jeff. I had like a Volkswagen jet at the time. Right. So, um, I had a feeling that that album was going to be something because it, it was just sounding different to me. I didn't know if it was going to be something good or something bad, but I know it's going to be something <laughs> different. <laughs> That's interesting, man. And then, of course, you, you did the cover of Ribbon in the Sky. You know, mm -hmm. talk about the Stevie Wonder. What was his reaction when, when he heard that? Um, I don't know his initial reaction, mm -hmm. but I do know that we recorded the uh, video for Ribbon in the Sky in Los Angeles, California. Mm -hmm. And the evening after we recorded the video, I jumped on a plane and I came back to New York because I'm just a native New Yorker. When I'm yeah. gone for too long, I get homesick. I want to get, <laughs> home. I want to get home to my mother's food. So yeah. I left Kenny and Jeff in Los Angeles and I got home and it, when I got home, my mother told me, she said, um, Kenny said to call him. It's important. Yeah. So I called Kenny at the hotel, and he answered the phone. He said, you should have never left. We're going to meet Stevie Wonder tomorrow oh, morning. <laughs> he said, um, Andre is coming to pick us up. That's James Cleveland's son. He's coming to pick us up to take us to meet Stevie Wonder. Um, I, I, I might have said bye to my mom. <laughs> All I remember is grabbing my bag and heading back to Kennedy yeah. Airport. And I was back on the plane, and I was back in Los Angeles the next morning. By the time they came to pick us up, and they took us out to Stevie Wonder's house, and it just happened to be Kenny's birthday. Mm. It was like a dream come true, man. Just meeting him was a dream come true, but yeah. that wasn't that wasn't enough for him. He knew that we was coming and we would be blown away, but that wasn't enough. He sent out people to get a birthday cake. Oh wow, it's amazing. He called over his friends. He called over Johnny Gill. Terrence Trent Darby. We threw a party for Kenny. He gave Kenny a portable dat for his birthday. And then the icing on the cake was to record a song with him called I'm the One Who Loves You, which is on the Curtis Mayfield tribute album called All Men Are Brothers. So that whole day, if there had been cell phones during that time, <laughs> you know, I would have all of the footage. But yeah. even, even though I had a camcorder, they really didn't want us to record because it was a it was some really good things going on here. Like he was playing air hockey. Wow. He, wanted, he had an air hockey thing in his studio that he was playing and he was beating everybody because he could hear the puck. It was it was just a just an amazing experience, man. That's you amazing, know? man. <laughs> That's awesome. Love to hear that history. You know, I'm Take me into the second album, man, New Life. What do you remember about that one? The second album, New Life? New Life, a lot of people um, feel like we went in a different direction with New Life. 
Mm-hmm. And um, we never really got the chance to explain it, so I'm going to explain it here. Like, the difference between the first album and the second album is that when we got the budget to go in and do the second album, well, first of all, from the first album, um, Atlantic Records put us on tour. We were on tour for about two and a half years. We've been yeah. went through from everywhere, from Germany, places. And um, when it was time to go back in and do the second album, Kenny's dad died. Oh, wow. So it wasn't about, let me be, let love thing. Don't love. Why don't you love? It was more, hey, hey, let's tone it down. We got yeah. some things to get off our chest. So New Life was more like a gospel album, more of an inspirational album. And pretty much every song on that album is dedicated to Mr. Kaiser, um, Kenny's dad, uh-huh. who passed away right before we started recording the album. And, and I knew that, and I had to actually stand back because on the New Life album, I wanted to write. I wanted to be a producer. I wanted to ca- catch up on from the first album. I wanted to mm-hmm. do just as much as I did on the first album, on the second album, but I really had to fall back and just let him just right. let him fit and do what he had to do. So what's missing from the second album, from the first album, is pretty much a lot of, I'm not going to say me, but a lot of what I added to the first album. Right. I got you. Got you. Out of respect, I had to. I had to. Wow, that adds a lot of perspective. Certainly does now that hearing it. Definitely Mm -hmm. think about that when I hear it the next time. But then tell me, you know, how come, you know, there was never, you know, between the time of the second album and then when Kenny passed, how come there was never a third album? Um, We actually recorded a third album after Mm -hmm. Dad passed away. Kenny came back to New York and we recorded at least 15 to 20 songs, like FUBU, the clothing company. Yeah. They actually um, pulled together because by this time we had left Atlantic Records and we weren't signed to a label. We were just going to do things on our own independently. We said, let's just record an album and then we'll go and shop it. So we went into the studio. We we recorded a ton of songs. It's like some of them have leaked on the internet. I don't know how. But mm-hmm. we, we did record a third album, which sounds like what's supposed to be in the middle of the first album and the second album. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, shoot. I wish I could play something real quick um, to, to show you what I'm talking about. But um, let me see something here. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Let me see. Um, 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 and while you're pulling it up, shout out to my guy Devon in the house. We were talking a lot about intro before this interview. He's a big R&B history fan himself. So, what's up, Devon? What's up, Devon? Let me see. Let me see something. If I could, how can you let me go? Let me see something. This might play right here. Let me see. Just I, like like this is something that's unreleased, but this is something that would have been on the third album. Okay. I'm playing it, I'm playing it for the first time. Oh, wow. I, I appreciate it. Just to give people an idea. Check it out. How can you let me go? What's the beast, Kenny Green? Precious love, but you, you 
That's a groove yeah, right there. Right I like there. that. We packed That's up dope. a bunch of those records for the third album, but you know, unfortunately, God had other plans to yeah. uh, to, to bring our brother home, and uh, we just we just never released the album. Uh, really appreciate you sharing that with us, man. This this oh, interview, if you're okay, if you're cool with it, we're we're gonna post the interview on our site, on our on our oh, YouTube, absolutely. all over. So, all right, cool, cool. Please, 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 um, so let me ask you then: Is there ever going to be? I know you guys have intro, you've released some some singles here and there since coming back together over the years. Will there ever be another project in full? Well, we're doing the documentary right now. It's a fifty-three mm. minute documentary that's being um, produced by Indiflix Films, and along with the documentary that's due, I think by August or September, there's a soundtrack with it that will have some of the unreleased music. So that will pretty much serve as our excuse me, as our third album. Right. That's the third album. We had the, um, the, I'm, I'm holding my hand like this. They're still making CDs, <laughs> but the stream of songs that will come with the documentary will pretty much have a lot of unreleased material along with some new material. Right. Wow, and in regards to the, the singles that we released in the past, like we've tried like adding people to the group, but it's just, it's just never yeah. worked. They always wanted to fight me for some reason. Really? Is that what happened? want to fight me is because I just, it had to be right. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't settle for anything less than what Kenny, Buddy, and Jeff would settle for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not, you're not going to open a can of Pepsi and it tastes like orange soda. You can <laughs> get in where you fit in or you can get out. And, and yeah. every single time, for some reason, they just always want to fight me and stuff like But it's not, it's not like I was disrespectful to them or anything. It's just like I'm just strict. I'm strict with the brand. You know what I'm saying? Right. I have to preserve the intro. It's bigger than Buddy. It's bigger than Kenny. It's bigger than Jeff. Right. And um, that that's pretty much it, man. Yeah. That's that's there that's dope. Be, you know. There will be new music. Let me tell you, man. Mm -hmm. I always my my whole thing was I'm like I don't want people to say that oh intro died because Kenny died. You know what I'm saying? Because right, Kenny right. passed away. That's 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 my whole thing and stuff. And it doesn't mean that another single has enough, we have to have another hot single or something like that. I just want them to just to know that that intro was just a movement. Intro was a sound. You know what? Nobody really knows who we are. Nobody knows Kenny. Nobody knows Buddy. Nobody knows Jeff. Mm. But they know, the, they know the music. And I'm that same way when it comes to my favorite groups. Like, like one of my favorite groups are the Brand New Heavies. I mm -hmm. can't tell you who's in the Brand New Heavies. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know one of the members in Brand New yeah. Heavies, but I know their music. Sounds of Blackness. That's one of my favorite groups. I know Nesbitt and Nesbitt, but everybody else, you know, I don't know. So yeah. as, as long as our music can move slowly and slowly, and we and we have a, a nice little slow movement. Twenty five years later, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to brag and stuff like that. But I'm still yeah. getting envelopes. <laughs> I'm still getting yeah. envelopes in the mail. I'm still getting checks. Yeah, um, something that we did twenty five years ago. 
That's amazing, so, man. As long as that slow growth is there, I I'm happy with that. Yeah. Let me just let me just leave you with one more question. You know, your guys' history is secure. No matter what, you've made timeless music throughout the '90s. You know, Thank two you. albums, some major hit singles that we all still love. You love today. You know, um, how do you feel about the legacy of intro? If there's never another album, how do you look back at what you guys were able to create and and give to R&B lovers? Um, if we never release another song, I'm I'm so happy and uh, and honored to have been a part of intro. Like I have a four year old daughter who just who's just learning who intro is and her song yeah. like let me be the one. Yeah. She's four years old. She's gonna have friends that she's gonna share that with and it's gonna grow over time. Right. Um I've had a um I is it it's been an experience that that I never really dreamed of. You know, I remember um going to an Albie Shore New Edition concert and having the opportunity to pop on the tour bus one time. I was like Oh man, I would like to ride on the tour bus one day. Yeah, that me popping on the tour, my, me stepping on the tour bus, saying, "Oh man, I would like to be on the tour bus one day." Eventually went to, man, I'm sick of being on a tour bus. <laughs> I want to go home. You know what I mean? You gotta be careful what yeah. you ask for. Yeah. So yeah, man. Um, intro has been a great one for me. The legacy of intro. You know, I hope it goes on past our generation. Like it's a classic album. It's good songs. We didn't try to sound like nobody. Mm -hmm. We just put our own formula together using some gospel, some R&B, and some hip-hop, and just threw it out there and, you know, hoping that people would accept it. I saw in the comments someone mentioned you guys need an unsung episode. Um, someone was just on the phone with me earlier today talking about um, that um, for, the, for the upcoming season. So oh, we wow. have to really holler at the um, director for the movie to see yeah. how that's going to play out with that. Okay. Okay. The, the movie is pretty much our unsung. Mm. So, um, yeah, we waited for, I'm not going to lie to you, I waited for about two years for them to call us, and I wonder why haven't they called us? I saw right, a lot right. of groups that we influenced and came out that were on there, and, you know, shout out to unsung, no disrespect. But um, it's almost to the point now, once we get our 53-minute out, I'm hoping that that the intro doc is going to be have the same res um, response as a Bohemian Rhapsody movie because yeah. our story is similar to that, similar mm. to that, and um, you know, we'll take it from there. You know, it could it, it could be unsung, it could be a a new name. Whoever wants to tell the intro story, I'm willing to share it with them, and um, we we'll take it from there. Yep, dope man, dope. Someone, I, I, I wanna, I, I, real, no, real quick, I want to say thank yeah. you, thank you, because it's an honor being on here. When I went back and I did my research, and I I saw all the people that you brought on your show. I'm like, wow, I'm going on here tonight. And I was telling everybody, yeah, I'm going on to a show. Look oh. at all of the people that he's had on here in the past. Music Soul Child, RL, now tonight, Tank. And for me to be sitting here, it's an absolute honor. And thank you for sharing your platform with me so I can share our story with your, with your people. No, I, I want to thank you, man. We love R&B on, on this site, man. We love to, to appreciate the history and artists like yourselves. You know, some of who don't get the attention they deserve, but, man, I'm an army lover myself, so I just appreciate that you guys have been doing this and giving us great music, you know, for all the time you did. And I've been at this over 10 years, man. Finally got a chance to interview you, so I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome, awesome man. Awesome. So um, real quick, our, our guy Planet 12 Law just asked, is that an MP MPC I see? That's an MPC 6. It's the original <laughs> Roger Lynn right here. Well, let me take the phone down because it's a funny story about my studio. This is, this is my lab right here. This is the um. This is my this is my '90s music side right here, right? Let me let me see if I can flip it around. So, oh. um, yeah, this is my '90s music side. 
from the original um, Roger Lynn MPC 60. But then what what you're seeing right here is the exact same over here with with my 2000 sound. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this yep. is that. But this is, like, up-to-date music, and this is, like, the analog 90 sound. And then I just do all my Pro Tools stuff over here. and Nice, um, man. Yeah, just do my stuff over there. I got a little um, I got a little tribute to Kenny Green over here that that I like showing off sometime. Yeah, let's see that. Um, oh wow, that's my yeah, this joint right here. That's my little teeth, my big TLC poster. I walked out cool, by the cool. platinum party with that. I walked out <laughs> holding that, and T Bars was like, "Where'd you get that from? I want that." I was like, "Ah, I just walked out." <laughs> you know, we were having a good time, and I walked yeah. out of there with it. That's it was dope. a party right here, the tri triple platinum party, in June fourteenth, nineteen ninety five. But this wow. is my little get up for Kenny right here from um that I put together his um, memorial from his service, and um you know, wow man, I, I call this a little Kenny wall right here. Rest in peace, man. He's a really, dope, really, man. really good dude. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for sharing that all with us. That's cool. Oh, my pleasure, man. My pleasure. All right, so we're gonna I'm about to wrap up this interview, man. Thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. You I know, know you, you got, got our soul. support. Just hit I us up, man. Day. Whenever, yeah. I know you got soul. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that, man. Just hit us up when you, whenever something you got coming out, working on, we'll be glad to feature it, man. Awesome. We'll do. All right, man. Good All right, meeting man. you. We'll talk soon. All Peace. Right now. Stay safe, everybody. Peace out. Take care. Peace. All right now.